I'm teaching this class and it's kind of a joke because you can do whatever you want. Like you're here. I'm giving you a guideline to what I'm doing. This is how I'm rolling on the floor today. This is how it looks when I do it. It doesn't have to look the same when you do it. You're listening to Burnt Toast. This is the podcast where we talk about diet culture, fat phobia, parenting and health. I'm Virginia Soul Smith. I also write the Burnt Toast newsletter. Today, I'm chatting with Lauren Lavelle, a trainer and fitness instructor based in Philadelphia and the creator of Level Up Fitness, a body-positive and inclusive fitness network that makes working out accessible and fun. I am a big fan of Lauren's work. I've been doing her bar classes for the last few months, so I want to say before we get started, I pay for her classes. I am delighted to support her work. This isn't sponsored content. I just really love Lauren's approach to exercise and movement, and I wanted her to come on and chat with us a bit about her philosophy and her experiences navigating fitness culture and finding such a new and frankly revolutionary way through it. So here's Lauren, but first a quick break. Okay, it's time to read another of your five-star reviews. Thank you guys so much for leaving these on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. It is such a great way to help people find the show. This one is from Karen in Oakland. She writes a full anti-diet perspective. Virginia shares a whole person view on anti-diet coupled with the realities of parenting. Love her voice in my anti-diet journey. Thanks, Karen. I am a whole person. We are all whole people. And yeah, this shit is complicated. So that's what we're here to do. Talk about it for our whole selves. Really appreciate that. And if you want to be like Karen, again, leave a rating or review in your podcast player. The other best way to support the show is to become a paid Burnt Toast subscriber. It's just $5 a month or $50 for the year. You get a ton of great perks and you keep this an ad and sponsored free space. So go to virginiasoulsmith.substack.com or click the link in your episode description to join us. Thanks so much for supporting independent anti-diet journalism. My name is Lauren Lavelle. I am a Black woman. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm located in the city of Philadelphia. I was born and raised in L.A., but moved to Philadelphia for love. And I am a fitness instructor. I consider myself a weight-neutral fitness instructor, meaning the goals and the language that I use is not around weight loss and bodies and aesthetics. I really am not too worried about what people are doing when they're not with me because they're only with me for pretty much 45 minutes every time (laughs) they see me. And I really focus on joyful movement and connectedness to your body. Awesome. I am a Lauren super fan. I've been doing her bar classes for a few months now. I've talked about it before on the podcast. So this is a big thrill for me to get to hang out with you for a little bit. Your classes are a breath of fresh air. I'm just going to fangirl for a moment and say that like, I have done a lot of other bar classes, and it is very hard to find, particularly with bar, but I mean, in every fitness arena, it is so hard to find a class where there is not at least like something I have to like be like, la, 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 I didn't want to hear you say that. Yeah. (laughs) And to realize like this is a safe space and there's none of that. And it's just not part of what we're here to do. It's such... A relief. And I just, I really want to thank you for doing that. And also hear a little bit about how you got into this and what makes you determined to do it in this different way that you're doing it. Yeah, you are so welcome. I uh, tend to attract people who are just like me. Obviously, (laughs) you get this theme going with the people that you have come into my membership or into my social media that like they're interested in what I'm interested in. So it's become like a really good group in there. And I really appreciate the people who are in there. 
I started working out at 19. I just turned 31. So that's a little math problem there. And I think that like when I started, obviously I started for the reasons that a lot of 19 year old women in particular mm-hmm. start working out. And I was not an athletic child. Uh, <laughs> I might have been. I came from a family, a long line of non-athletic people. <laughs> so I relate to this deeply. deeply. <laughs> it was like, it was like never a thing. Like we weren't sports people. We weren't athletic people. My family, their forms of movement really is like cleaning and gardening. Mm-hmm. That's their jam. And that's real. Like yeah. that is like a legitimate, you know, thing. But like they just weren't into anything else. (laughs) So the children were also not into anything else. But yeah, I started working out and I kind of fell in love with movement separate from the unhealthy and disordered other things that I was Mm -hmm. doing. So like those two things really never tainted each other. I was like, oh, I love going to the gym, even though I'm doing all this other stuff that probably is very unhealthy for me. Like this still feels fun. I feel really connected to this. And so when I started to recover and started to realize that I didn't want to live that way anymore, I never was one of those people who was like, I have to stop exercising. Mm. I was like, no, I actually still really, really, really enjoy this. And this is really something that I love. And I think that it can be done without the pressure and the standards and the goals that I was like using on myself. There's got to be another way. So, So I started doing that. And then I went to a bar class. It totally kicked my butt. And then I was kind of like, oh, what is bar? Mm. I started like digging and I was like, oh, this doesn't look like me at all. And that I took that as a challenge. So so I decided to get certified because I was like, there's got to be people out here who want to take this class who wouldn't feel comfortable if they didn't have an instructor who maybe didn't look like them or did use that language that's toning and lengthening and shredding and all the other things. And... I didn't want to do that. And I was like, what if people just want to come here and have fun and get their butts kicked like I did? And so that's where it started. And then I got certified as a personal trainer and I have a corrective exercise certification under that, which really just was a little bit more in depth on how to help folks who are coming off of injuries or any other thing, which is really important to me to try to make things as accessible as possible in a group fitness class, which is kind of an oxymoron. But we're doing our best over here to make as many accommodations. And I'm fully aware that not everyone is going to find something every class that clicks with them. You definitely are offering a much more inclusive space than so many of the alternatives. I'm interested in what you were just talking about, separating your love of moving your body from the diet culture disordered piece of it. There's like so many layers to that, right? Because I think... You know, I'm someone who also grew up very unathletic in a fairly unathletic family and just didn't think of myself as someone who enjoyed movement, period. And so Mm -hmm. then when I got into it in a really diety way, I've been on this process of like, do I even like it? Can I like it now that I'm not doing it in this other context? And so I'm just so interested that you were able to hold on to what you did love about it and strip away the other stuff. I think that's a really tricky process for a lot of us. I'd love to hear a little more about what made you realize this part of it is good for me, even though this other stuff doesn't serve me? I do hear that all the time. I have a lot of folks who are in membership who are like, this is like my first 
try into movement again after mm-hmm. I set it down for a while, after, after I had an injury. Because that's really necessary sometimes. Like, really oh, totally. necessary. Totally. I don't want to gloss over that as a step for many people. And I have many, many, many close friends who that was their step. They mm-hmm. were just like, peace, like, yeah. see you never exercise. I don't know if it was like the feel-good endorphins. I don't know if it was like a thing that made me feel super independent and super mm. connected. I didn't feel like I grew up having a good communication with my body. I felt like everybody else's outside input and communication about my body was the narrative around my body. And when I was exercising, I felt like that didn't matter because they weren't the ones picking up the weights. They weren't the ones walking on the treadmill. They weren't the ones, you know, doing all those things. And so it was really like a form of independence for me and really reconnection, which is what I try to stress to people when they're moving with me. Like, I'm teaching this class and it's kind of a joke because you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Like, you're here. I'm giving you a guideline to what I'm doing. This is how I'm rolling on the floor today. This is how it looks when I do it. It doesn't have to look the same when you do it because I want people to feel 45 minutes of connectedness with their body or 45 minutes of trust in Mm -hmm. like who they are. And I think that's really the thread that kept me in it was like, I feel like myself doing this and I feel independent and I feel strong and I feel like I can make those decisions, which a lot of times in a lot of different areas of our life, we don't maybe feel like we can do that. So I think that that's what held me to this. You know, I had to change. I changed the form of exercise that I was doing. I went from working out alone in a gym doing really, really intense workouts to doing bar. And bar is really intense, Mm -hmm. but it was in a group and it was like somebody else was leading it. So I got to kind of like just do that and connect with my body and connect with those moves. But it changed the setting. It changed the scene. And it allowed me to like kind of evolve into a new space where I was just like, okay, yeah, I could do this too. I love the idea of movement as a means to achieving body independence. That's really powerful. It just takes it out of the traditional framework so completely that you were able to find that. And it definitely comes through in your work. So that's really interesting. And we should also say, just for folks listening, I always want to put out there, like, you don't have to find movement enjoyable. That's not a moral application. Um, There's a lot of movement I don't find enjoyable. And there may be other paths to feeling independent and in control of your body. But it's awesome that movement can be one of those paths for people. That's really powerful. Yeah, totally. And I acknowledge that there is just like so much ableism and honestly, every other ism in fitness that like it's not for everybody. I know fitness and exercise can be like really scary and really triggering things to talk about. And I'm here to stand like in that space and be like, it's okay. We're not, we, we could do other things. They can look different. (laughs) Well, that really comes through in how you talk about modifications. You present them as these morally neutral options. You always say something like, maybe you're here, maybe you're here. Like you're just showing us like the different (laughs) options. That's one of those things that I hadn't even realized other instructors I worked with did differently until I heard you doing it. And I was like, oh, it's not, oh, do you need to take it slower today? You know, oh, is this, you know, but also can you challenge yourself to do the harder version and presenting the quote harder version as the more advanced or as the ideal to shoot for? I'd love to hear a little bit about how you think about that piece of it. I think that I do still want to present maybe a challenge in these options that I give to people because that's like where you're going to explore your own comfort zone. It's never, you know, you have to do it. But I think that posing it in 37 other modifications (laughs) is like, 
I don't know what you find challenging. Like, Mm. I don't know what you find comfortable. So here's three to four things that you could do. And you could find three out of four of them to be like completely for you. And one of them to be like, I'm never, ever, ever going to do this in my life or vice versa. And so you have that one thing that you connect with. And I think that there are things that have been told to me that are supposed to be either very easy or very difficult. And I just don't, (laughs) I don't feel that way about them in Mm. general. I'm like, oh, like, I think like I'm able to do that pretty easily with like out a lot of practice. So (laughs) when you feel that way, you're like, oh, so maybe there really isn't anything to like separating these into difficult and easy. Right. That's going to look different for everyone. Right. Why can I do this? And I've never done this before. (laughs) Like it's clearly a very individual thing. And so I think that allowing people to choose their own adventure is super important because when I'm like, oh, wow, I'm really sweating or I'm feeling this here. Like, yeah, I have an intention for you to feel arm moves in your arms. Um, (laughs) But some people will be like, my ankles are feeling this. And I'm like, not necessarily wrong. We are standing. You are standing and using your ankles. So like, it's not wrong to feel that way. So I think presenting options and maybe allowing people, again, the space to be like, if you've been doing it here, Maybe you try doing it here. What would happen if you just did it here for two seconds? And we'll see what happens. And they're like, no, I didn't like it. I'm like, okay. Now we know that. Yeah. Good. Go back to doing the other way. (laughs) But I think having the space. I love the curiosity and the openness to exploration as opposed to feeling like you're a failure because you didn't do it in this one certain way. It's a really good reframing. Yeah. And it allows you to evolve day to day, which I think is the other thing that we don't often talk about is like, just because you're able to do like, I don't know, a handstand or a headstand today doesn't, we're not doing those in my membership. Please don't think that we're doing those. <laughs> like just because you're able to do that today, doesn't mean you're going to be able to do that tomorrow. Just because you're able to forward fold and touch your toes today, doesn't mean you're going to be able to do that tomorrow. Like there are so many things that come up day to day that change how you feel about movement that like, Having those options is like less judgmental than just being like, oh, yesterday I did this. Why can't Mm -hmm. I do it today? So something I've written about and talked about on the podcast a little bit, I've had a complicated relationship in my life with ab work because diet culture. Mm -hmm. And I think abs are a place a lot of us have all of that come up. And, you know, one upshot of that is that I didn't do the ab work for years and years. Like when I started to get out of my disordered relationship with exercise, that was when I really had to put down and just kind of walk away from. The downside of that was that my back got pretty messed up (laughs) because I also had two children during that time and put my back and my core through quite a lot. And that's something that your classes have been really helpful to me and physical therapy. I've been really this whole past year on this kind of journey of trying to figure out how to reclaim core work in a non-diet way. And I would just love to hear your thoughts about how you think about core work in particular, but also any other type of exercise that you see being really co-opted by diet culture, really framed as about aesthetics. And how do we think about reclaiming these things? Yeah, I think that you just told the story of reclaiming it because you said, I put it down and my back felt some type of way. (laughs) It did. I really think that there's so much in like traditional training where they're like, don't use these technical terms and don't overcomplicate your classes by telling them too much about what they're doing. And I'm like, actually, I want to tell them everything about what they're doing. You know, so they want you to use this flowery language and then people don't understand the importance of it. Like when I talk about core work, 
I want people to know that when you're feeling things in your core and when you're activating your core, you can help preserve your low back. Mm -hmm. You know, I want them to know that. I want them to know that when they're working their glutes, it's not about aesthetics. It's also about your low back. (laughs) When you're working your lats, it's also about your low back. So we have so many of these common aches and pains and things that really just go with like lifestyle and aging and Mm -hmm. all of those things. And we don't realize that if we took the aesthetic part out of these exercises and explained them to people as this is the thing that could help with your knee pain. Mm -hmm. It's not about you like growing the biggest booty. (laughs) It's about those muscles actually like firing and moving your body. So I think that that is my reframe. It's actually getting into it and being like, no, this is real. Like, Mm -hmm. This can help your pelvic floor. Like, we don't talk about pelvic floors a ton. Mm -hmm. They're getting popular, pelvic floors. They're getting a little trendy, yeah. It's having a moment. Yeah, and it's good because there's so many different things going on down there. Again, very unique, very individual. But learning, like, the things that maybe you personally are doing while you're in a class, like, you're not going to learn that if I'm just telling you about, like, your aesthetic, like, summer tummy. You're Mm -hmm. not going to learn how to engage if we're talking about how it looks. We're going to talk about how it feels, and we're going to talk about why it feels that way, and we're going to talk about what we're hoping to get Mm -hmm. from it. So I think that education is how I'm reclaiming a lot of those co-opted things because of course like everybody knows like squats are gonna you know squats are what everybody is prescribed for growing their booty which I would like to say is not universal like it's not going to be a universal thing that you're going to do squats and your glutes are going to grow just like doing crunches doesn't give everyone a six like the myth of the six pack you know right like a visible abs period yeah yeah like squats to glute ratio is definitely not my ministry that hasn't (laughs) that hasn't been my ministry (laughs) but you know we're still doing it but I'm not going to give up on doing a move because it's not producing the aesthetics that I've been promised because that's not why I'm doing the move I'm doing the move to continue moving or to feel better through my low back, to feel stronger through my core, to be able to pick up heavier things. So I think when I reframe things that way, it's definitely personal. Like so many of these reframes, so many of these cues come from things that I say to myself or I need to hear. Mm-hmm. And I try to communicate that to people. So hiding hiding the fact that like, oh yeah, doing these crunches this way and relaxing and taking deep breaths and learning how to relax your pelvic floor. Like, why would I hide that from people? That's super valuable information. It's not just like, yeah, crunch it out, six pack abs. Like, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. I mean, what so often happen is you pursue a really aggressive workout program. It doesn't give you the results you expect because, as you said, squat to glute ratio is not the same for everybody. So you stop doing it because it's not giving you that body. And then you're missing out on the whole other world of what it could be. And mm-hmm. I just think, like, I would love there to be a way that isn't low back pain for people to get to this place sooner. You know what I mean? Like, I would have loved if I'd figured this out before I had to go through all of that. But here we are. That's my journey. But this is why I think a lot about how do we change the conversation around movement with kids and with teenagers. You know, like 19-year-old you, 19-year-old me needed a different message about all of this. Yeah. And I think that 19-year-old me was definitely not, of course, as aware of the value of these things. But I think nerdiness saved me from a lot of like the dangers and like a lot of the silliness that comes with like trendy fitness. I'm very much into TikTok. And someone posted yesterday, like, there are so many fitness trends going on. It's like 
they're surprised, but these have been going on forever. They were just in magazines instead of on TikTok. Right. <laughs> yes. But like, they're just like, oh, wow, it changes all the time. And I'm like, yeah, it changes all the time. So you got to find something solid. You got to find something like real that works for you in the moment and stick with it mm-hmm. <laughs> if it's working for you. And like you said, if even if it's not an aesthetic change, if you're feeling it in your body, like you're feeling stronger or you're feeling like more relaxed. Like I have a lot of people who have told me that they felt more relaxed after taking my class. I'm like, this is a a very intense class where we're doing tiny, tiny pulses, but they feel more relaxed because they were able to connect and move through it. So there's so many other valuable benefits to finding a movement practice that you enjoy. So what TikTok fitness trend are you most annoyed by right now? I think I'm always really annoyed by super athletic people doing these like combinations that are definitely ninja warrior style like you should be on a show doing this right and like framing it as normal i am constantly amazed by like human variations like i love to see people excel doing the things Mm -hmm. that they love and moving their bodies in that way and whatnot and i'm like please stop framing this as a thing that like people should be doing at the gym. Because like if I walked in on the first day and that is the image that I had in my head that I'm working towards, I'm literally going to break something. Yeah. I'm going to break something guaranteed. And I think that that is just super, super dangerous. I have on the other hand, on the positive side, seen so many people breaking down movements more than maybe they would in the past or more Mm. than maybe it would look like. So you can see it one way and then someone ask a question and then they explain it. And even if the explanation is still not the nicest or whatever, I think slowly pulling these things apart and getting a little bit more in depth helps people learn that you're not going to walk in on day one and it's not going to look like that. So I think that that kind of trendy and like, oh my gosh, they just did like a squat and then a flip. Like I'm 31 years old and I can tell you, I have no intention of ever doing a flip in my life. Mm, Like I, it's just over for me. It's not on my list. Um, I really want to avoid traumatic brain injury. Yeah, like it just wouldn't be for me. And so you can have goals and you can have people that you look at. I follow people all the time where I'm just like, oh my gosh. And one of my favorite people to follow who has been a lifelong athlete the other day posted an outtake of them falling. And I fall. (laughs) I've fallen recently. Um, But like... But they posted this very, very, very real outtake of them falling, and it showed how they abandoned the weights when they fell. It showed the way that they fell. Mm. And even the way that this person falls is proof of how long they've been doing this, is proof of, like, the work that they do. So, like, maybe if I fell, I could exit this close to the way that this person did, close to as gracefully as this person did. But, like, I know, (laughs) like, a lot of people (laughs) just not having that. I mean, I'm 41 and I fell in my driveway in January and sprained my ankle. And again, I've been in physical therapy for months. And like, I have now crossed over to the stage of life where falling is a very different thing than it Uh is when you're, you know, a kid or even in your 20s and you're like, yeah, whatever. I can just like bounce and get right back up. I'm like, no, now that's going to be a whole lifestyle change I have to deal with. You're like, like, I'm going to wait for my neighbors to come pick me up. I've seen this again on social media that someone was like, If I fall, just know that I'm in the place in my life where 
even if it was very minor, I'm literally waiting for you to call EMS. Like, yeah. I'm not getting up off yeah. of the ground. I'm not chancing anything right now. And, right. and that feels so real. But I also think that, like, falling has become part of my teaching criteria. I recently just have, like, been on a kick about, like, how to get off the floor and yeah. how I like people to practice getting off the floor at the end of class. Um, yes, I've noticed that. I like that a lot in a way that feels supportive for them or feels real for them because like that's a real thing like you probably won't be planking like just for right for shits and giggles like when you're like hanging out but you might be on the floor and yeah. you might need to get up like, no and it's another thing that starts to shift as you get a little older and I'm like on the floor with my kids or whatever and then I'm like oh right getting up now is like a little like process it's, it's fine it's fine but i appreciate the notes is what i'm saying they're useful notes that i am taking on board and again it just is a way of reframing movement as this thing that supports your life as this thing that supports you mm-hmm. doing what you want to do and being in connection with your body as opposed to like i mean i'm sure the guy who does the flip also gets up and down off the floor very easily and that's great I can achieve the getting up and off the floor easily without having to get to the place where I can do a flip. We're here for a long time. Yeah. You know, like we're here yeah. for the long time, not the right. good time of the single flip that I caught on camera before they took me to the hospital. Right. Um, so like I think oh that God. being real, like being real with movement and like actually applying it. Again, you said that about how do we move away from the aesthetics? Like that's it. Like getting off the floor, mm-hmm. picking mm-hmm. something up. I know the people in my membership because they're like me. So I'm like, I know you move furniture and I know you move furniture heavier than the weights that you lift in my class. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And so like, how are you going to move this furniture in a way that you don't injure yourself? I mean, you mentioned gardening at the beginning. I'm a big gardener. And as I was recovering from all these injuries this year, I was like, oh, how am I going to move this bag of mulch around my yard? How am I going to move this heavy planter and not throw my back out? Like that really helped me with the reframing process. I don't want to have to stop doing this hobby that I really love that involves a lot of like wheelbarrows and, mm-hmm. you know, schlepping of things. And I don't want to have to do it in like an annoying way where I'm always like asking my husband to move the heavy thing for me. I want to just be able to move the thing. Mm-hmm. That's been a helpful piece of it to like connect it more to what do I actually want my body to be able to do right now. Well, this is awesome. Thank you so much, Lauren. We wrap up every podcast with a segment I call Better for Your Burnt Toast. And this is where we give a little recommendation, something we want to butter our toast with. It's a little bread humor. And so it can be anything you're into, a show, a clothing item, a plant, a mood, whatever you're really feeling right now. Mm, Yeah. What is buttering my toast right now? I think I'm really just leaning into coziness. So all things cozy are what is doing it for me. Also like literal butter because like tis the season for, in my opinion, like cookies and baked goods. Absolutely. Which goes under the cozy umbrella. So like this fuzzy sweater, actual butter, being warm, Mm -hmm. slightly hibernating is what's buttering (laughs) my toast right now. Lightly hibernating is perfect. Yes. Yes. And mine is a little specific, but it is having a friend who will both enable and talk you out of stress-related shopping. I manage a lot of my anxiety through retail therapy. (laughs) You know, I'm very much, I'm very prone to the like, I can solve this problem with a purchase, which is sometimes true and 90% of the time not true. And I just want to shout out to my friend, Sarah, who 
received about 47 texts from me comparing multiple different pairs of sneakers and which sneakers did I need for this trip and like arch support versus aesthetic sneakers. Like, oh my God, yes, they're never both. They're never both. both. Why can't they be both? They're never both. I really wanted to find the unicorn of sneakers that was like both going to go with like every outfit I'm packing and have adequate arch support. And she finally said to me, Virginia, you own one pair of very cute sneakers and you own one pair of very comfortable sneakers and you don't need to keep shopping. And it was what I needed to hear, even though it was a tough love moment for her. But she was right. So thank you, Sarah. (laughs) Love that for you. Maybe that's (laughs) maybe that's the future of my entrepreneurship, like creating shoes that are both aesthetically pleasing and have a wide enough toe box and arch support. Oh, my God. And like don't have a neon thing on there. Like, why is it neon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Totally. The test is like, do they look cute with a dress? Like, even if you're not a dress person, I just feel like that's the cute test. Uh And a lot of the comfortable ones were not passing that test for me. And anyway, it was a whole rabbit hole I was down. But I'm out of it now. I'm not buying new shoes. I'm standing strong. Feels good. Feels good. (laughs) (laughs) Lauren, thank you again. This was fantastic. Why don't you tell listeners where we can follow you and how can we support your work? Absolutely. I can be followed on social media. It's Lauren Lavelle Fitness on Instagram. Lavelle is spelled like L-E-A-V-E-L-L. But if they're listening, they probably will see the show notes. And same on TikTok. It's Lauren Lavelle Fit. Or they can join my membership. It's month to month. You get four classes live and you get all the recordings and you get a little space to roll on the floor with me. And that's at Level Up Fitness. So that will also probably be in the show notes. It definitely will. Or they can just find me, you know, through social media and ask me questions. But I would (laughs) love to have you um, to experiment and roll around with me. It's so much fun. I can confirm. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Burnt Toast. If you'd like to support the show, please subscribe for free in your podcast player and leave us a rating or a review. That really helps folks find the show and help us grow. You can also consider a paid subscription to the Burnt Toast newsletter. It's just $5 a month or $50 for the year. You get a ton of cool perks, and you keep this an ad and sponsor-free space. Find out more at virginiasoulsmith.substack.com. The Burnt Toast podcast is produced and hosted by me, Virginia Soulsmith. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at V underscore Soulsmith. Our transcripts are edited and formatted by Corinne Fay, who runs at Plus an Instagram account where you can buy and sell plus-size clothing. The Burnt Toast logo is by Deanna Lowe. Our theme music is by Jeff Bailey and Chris Maxwell. And Tommy Heron is our audio engineer. Thanks for listening and supporting independent anti-diet journalism. 